Hello and welcome back to Basic Bible 101. Last week we talked about Daniel and his three friends and how they survived and actually flourished under occupation, uh, under the Babylonian occupation. And then uh, while uh, Babylon, when Babylon was taken over by Persia, the Medes and the Persians, they were also taken care of by the Lord in a great way. So this week we are going to look at another aspect of what was going on during this time in the exile. And this will be with the prophet Ezekiel. Now Ezekiel prophesied from about seven years before the actual fall of Jerusalem until about 13 years into the exile. And it's during this time that he's prophesying to the common everyday man and to those people who end up being carried off and, and brought into exile. He's prophesying to those at about the same time that Daniel is serving in the uh, king in the king's castle. So this gives you some kind of perspective of, you know, we saw Daniel from the perspective of things were going well with him. For Ezekiel, we'll see a totally different perspective. I think it's very interesting because, you know, we don't know what God's call on our life is going to be. And for some of us, it's, it's going to be better. We get to be born in America or we get to uh, work at a job we love or uh, we stay relatively healthy. And for some of us, it's much more of a struggle. Um, what we're called to do may be to go and serve in, in mission someplace that is particularly a hardship. Or you may uh, be suffering from some kind of physical disability, or even if it's temporary, um, both sides of the coin, being blessed and enjoying God's favor, um, and being, you know, struggling to fulfill God's uh, call upon your life. Uh, it doesn't mean that you have any less favor with God if your calling is one that is a, more of a hardship. And with Ezekiel, that is definitely the case. He did not benefit from all the wonderful things that Daniel got to enjoy. Instead, he uh, begins to preach as soon as uh, Jerusalem is taken over. Now, um, it, just as Daniel was taken away in that first set of captives, uh, in the same way so was Ezekiel. And yet he continued to preach to the people in exile about what was going to happen back in, in Jerusalem. Uh, Babylon has uh, put in place a puppet king for the time being that they basically think is going to just do their bidding. And so um, Jerusalem, the people of Jerusalem and even the exiles that were taken away, falsely think that they can rise up again and uh, fight against Babylon. And all through the first part of Ezekiel, he tells them that they're going to be, it's going to get even worse. In fact, Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. Um, from, from the very beginning, you, you can just see his concern that the people are not really um, understanding the severity of what they've done wrong. Now, some things about Ezekiel are going to sound very familiar. They're going to sound like Jeremiah. Uh, remember when Jeremiah would do kind of weird things like hide a belt and watch it decay kind of and then say this is what it's going to be like well Ezekiel does the same sort of things God lays on his heart that he is to um, preach straight you know build make a little um, tablet or a little picture of Jerusalem and put it right in front of him and then lay on his side so many days to be specific 390 days so over a year and then after he finishes laying on one side he's to turn over and lay 
with his face against the little picture of, of Jerusalem. Now this picture, he has like set little ramps against it and kind of made it look like it was under siege. And so what, what he's saying then to the people, he says, this, this is what's going to happen to Jerusalem. It's going to be um, held under siege, and then God's going to turn his face away from it. So um, the people are obviously think he's a bit of a strange character. And because of this, he gets a lot of notoriety. I mean, people start talking. They start, it's the buzz of, well, you know, have you seen that crazy guy, Ezekiel? It's been out there laying kind of in a similar way that we would see like a, a publicity stunt of climbing up on a pole and not, and ch or chaining yourself to a tree so that they can't tear down the trees or whatever. So we see the same thing here as Ezekiel is acting out um, these this wildly crazy um, message so that the people will see how serious God is about this that they need to turn away from their sin the thing is they won't turn away and that is why uh, he he shows them God will turn his face from them and so if you want to look right there at the first uh, chapter it, he has this vision of heaven and in heaven he sees these strange creatures with all these eyes uh, it sounds a little bit similar to some of the stuff we'll later read in Revelations. But you can see that through this, he feels like he has seen God and he's quite take, shaken by it. And then, you know, he, he hears God say to him, Son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. And as he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me up on my feet. And I heard him saying to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, and whether they listen or fail to listen. For they are a rebellious house. They will know that a prophet has been among them. You know, it's funny because God t tells him that if he had sent him to another country besides Israel, they would have probably repented and heard him. But because of Israel's um, just numbness to God anymore, that, that they won't listen. They're just a stubborn people. And so um, through the first part of Ezekiel, he's warning them that things are going to get much worse before they get better. And that indeed the... Um, temple will be destroyed, everything will be taken out of it, the walls will be destroyed, that um, people will starve, and it will get so bad that they'll end up having to eat each other because they will be um, totally surrounded by the enemy. And so you, you see this uh, message, and of course nobody would want to hear it. They would think, oh, surely he's wrong. But of course he is not wrong, and, and that is exactly what happens. When the rest of the Israelites are hauled off into exile and really made slaves because at this point then they have to start working the fields and serving Babylon, then um, it's here that Ezekiel is able to start preaching to them a message of hope. And we see that he uh, promises that, that God hasn't forgotten them. Uh, I think that's a very uh, noble thing to preach after you've been the one that has warned them and then totally watched them be destroyed and then have to come back and preach, uh, well, okay, God, it was not like you weren't warned. And so now, um, you know, God, God has a new plan. All right. Um, 
you, I would suggest reading it. It's a difficult book to read because there's so many different little pictures in it. And in part of it, um, there's an awful lot of prophecy, of um, promise of things to come, yet to come. And so we have a little bit of trouble reading it without comparing it to Daniel and to some and revelations and other parts of scripture that begin to paint a picture of times to come. They're not, I'll, I'll warn you right now, studying the end times is a difficult thing because it's not spelled out like we would spell it out now. We would be able to say, well, this army's going to come and they're going to have uh, certain, you know, destroyers and they're going to bomb or, or nuke or whatever this town. Instead, since they don't have a lot of that firepower and a lot of the things that we take for granted, everything is word pictures and even things about God is um, descriptions about God are just pictures word pictures that he's trying to describe something that is so foreign to him I think we have the same problem a lot of times try if you think about it if you've ever witnessed an accident and then you had to try and describe what you saw you know sometimes things happen so quickly and you you're so shocked by what's happened that you're trying to put together the pieces and it is you know several witnesses can give completely different um, accounts of what happened and I think that in this case when he's not only dealing with stuff that's so shocking and happening so quickly he's also dealing with things that he couldn't relate to anything in his life so he doesn't know how to describe it um, one of the beautiful things about Ezekiel is he's the one that's allowed to uh, show them what what is to come after their occupation. He warns them that during the occupation they, they will just have to settle down and expect to be there for a while. And if you remember, Jeremiah is preaching at the, at the same time and he's telling people, hey look you're gonna be here at least 70 years and so you might as well go ahead and buy land and put down roots because you're not going anywhere anytime soon alright in Ezekiel 37 which is the main story for today's lesson there is the picture of um, what what it's going to be like when when Israel once again can occupy the promised land and it's a strange story because he says he sees this valley of bones, just dead, dry bones. And then he, then um, he, the spirit says to him, uh, "Son of man, can these bones live?" This is all in Ezekiel 37. And of course, Ezekiel replies, "O sovereign, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Only, only you know if these bones can live." And so then the spirit says to him. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will breathe into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So just as looking out at a graveyard and imagining people just coming up out of the ground, um, and and being totally restored to health that's the kind of picture he's getting here and it is God's way of saying that I will restore Israel and they will be healthy once more which does happen once they go back rebuild the temple rebuild the wall around Jerusalem and the people start returning then we have the period between the testaments the old and the new testament where um, people live you know the people live basically 
uh, uprightly. If you kind of want to get a picture of where, why this particular image, we hear that God says to him down in verses 11, uh, then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them. So basically he's saying these people... They feel like they might as well be dead because everything that they loved, their country, their identity, everything that they were has now been destroyed. And so he's saying, hey, I'm going to bring you back up out of this dead state and give you new life again. This is such an interesting picture because there's so many ways you can look at this. You could be saying that just as we get new life in Christ, this in the same way he's picturing here a total change in the person uh, completely different. The other thing is we do believe, at least I do, that there will be a day when Christ returns and all of us who have died will actually be brought up out of the graves and will get a new body. I'm really looking forward to that. (laughs) So, But that is in our New Testament study so we won't get into that just yet. But we can see the foreboding, the promise of a future that's coming in this book of Ezekiel. Now, one of the things about Ezekiel, that remember that this, he he is preaching to a people who have been totally disheartened. And so, but everything he spoke to them has been true. And so his words, when they come to the people, is a true promise, a true hope. And, And so maybe perhaps it made their time in Babylon a little more bearable because they did, um, believe that they would once again be brought to their home and and be able to um, have you know see the temple once again in its glory now at this time it has totally been destroyed and when we get into next week's lesson we are going to talk about Ezra Ezra is one of the exiles as is um, Nehemiah those are the two actually there were like three books I think that we skipped a while back and Ezra and Nehemiah and Esther will be our next um, few lessons I'm going to combine Ezra and Nehemiah because both these two um, are commissioned with returning and rebuilding and so um, and then we will learn about one very brave uh, young woman in Esther and that will uh, wrap up the Old Testament but for today I want you to remember that Ezekiel, Jeremiah, uh, Daniel were all um, alive at about the same time and were all uh, caught up in this great event when Babylon carries off the the remaining Israelites that were um, in and around Jerusalem. Things to remember about Ezekiel would be that he did prophesy in a lot of strange ways. If you look at chapter the end of chapter 2, actually the first part of chapter 3, the spirit tells him to eat this scroll, this strange scroll, and when he eats it, it is sweet to him. It's like it's like honey and so that was representing that he is going to eat the words of God or uh, we would say today to take in God's word 
Now all over this scroll was written words of lament and mourning and so sometimes we do need to spend time reading the words of Jeremiah and Ezekiel that, that are, do serve as a warning and they are kind of sad. They're not the most fun things to read but by reading it we can benefit from their mistakes. At the time the people were unwilling to listen and therefore God just brought about the judgment that he needed to bring upon them. Okay, uh, that pretty much wraps up Ezekiel. There's one more little note that you might want to think about, and that's at the end of the book of Ezekiel, he talks about rebuilding the temple. And in it, he gives specific ideas of what the areas would be like, and he talks about Israel being one nation again. Now remember, they have been separated for hundreds of years at this point they have been the north and the south and so Ezekiel is saying we're going to come together and be one nation again and so that is also a great hope for the people of Israel who are here in this foreign land and trying to eke out a living uh, while they wait for God's restoration okay let's see if there's any other thing the last verse of 48 which is the absolute last little bit of Ezekiel it says uh, and the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. So we see that God is promising he will be with his people and that even though he has abandoned them and turned his face from them, it is not they have not been forgotten. And so once punishment has been brought upon them, then they can repent and turn. And they do repent. And the beauty about this is that from... Uh, pretty much the time that they start going back into Jerusalem, their their lives are changed. They um, become the kind of people that, that God has uh, always dreamed that they would be. And it prepares them for the coming Messiah. Okay, like I said, next week we will cover Ezra and Nehemiah. So if you get a chance, I know those are a little bit... Um, it's probably too much to ask to go back and read all of Ezra and Nehemiah. But if you cover the parts that are indicated uh, in like at least the first three chapters of Nehemiah, and Ezra really is fairly short, so you might be able to get through that fairly quickly without much um, challenge. These books come right after Second Chronicles, and so Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther are right right in there. So uh, take some time over the next week or so and catch up on Ezra and Nehemiah, and we will cover that in our next podcast. So until then, be blessed. Mm-hmm.